0: Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower you to collaborate while taking big actions. With your co-hosts, wellness team, Chris and Lisa Lupo, recruiting genius, Jennifer Rojas, credit master, Valerie James, the recovery expert, Dave Cook, and lover of all things marketing, Alisa Lane. Hey, hey, good morning. Good
1: morning, good morning. Oops.
0: Jennifer, I've missed you. I know.
1: I feel like I'm like, this is this is so nice to be with you today. Mm. It's missed the flawless you too. show. Yeah. I know. Mm. Full circle, sister.
0: How was holiday? It was starts. good. <laughs>
1: yeah. We, uh, it was very It's quiet, you know. Uh, but with the family, we were in yeah. Tucson, so that was nice. No drama? No. We yeah. have a small, pretty small little, you know, it's my parents and my brother and Mara. That's so. enough to create drama. <laughs> <laughs> Mara likes to. She likes to go around trying to, you know, stir things yeah. up, but we're pretty no it was great how about you Um,
0: I kept it tame this year We played some games had some friends did you host I did Mm. not host I get away with not hosting actually that's kind of our drama because then my sister gets mad because I haven't hosted in a while and she's like when are you going (sighs) to host how about next year and I'm like why do you have to talk about next year now so Let's like just focus on moment. this turkey. Be in the
1: moment, this turkey. <laughs> focus on this turkey. <laughs> focus on this
0: turkey right now. Um, so usually <laughs> that'll start up something and and we laugh. And yeah. And then I'll start poking fun at something else. Do
1: you have the boys in? And they're are they both affianced now? Or they're
0: like doing their own thing. Oh. But my first one, my my youngest, came over in the okay. morning early for like the brunch turkey, and then uh, my other one came over for, for after turkey? turkey. Yeah. And then we played games and. Yeah, that's when the laughs start. Then we get kicked out because we got too loud. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. That's fun,
1: though. That's nice. I like that it goes all day long. That's kind of a fun. Yeah,
0: I think it's key to, to stay present, though. Yeah. I think in any, and it's kind of the topic for today, like mm-hmm. being mindful yeah. in divorce. Because, I mean, we've both been divorced. Actually, yes. our guests, too. And <laughs> we got, we actually have some history. We were both from New York, went to the same high school. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. I know. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I think it's especially this time of year, you know, it's easy to get yourself really far down the road and start thinking. And I mean, I guess in some ways you have to from a strategy standpoint when it's, you know, but I think, yeah, we can get ourselves so caught up in thinking about. Gifts we have to buy or places we have to be or parties and all that kind of stuff that we don't necessarily pay attention to where we are right then and there. So Mm. that's pretty true in life, though. We like to keep ourselves distracted by. Focusing on the next thing rather than sitting in the present. So,
0: Yeah, what do you think, Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> like, do I jump in? <laughs> I know, in? Yes, jump in, anytime. anytime. This is Michelle. Michelle. Okay, and so I, I, have so, I did some work because it was actually kind of fun to try to pronounce, pronounce her, her last name. You, wanna, it's, you get no, it? No. You got to get uh, it. When,
1: when, a con- when a country? Close. When a, no.
2: Yeah, when a country.
1: Oh, when a country. Okay. Oh. <laughs>
2: this one's good. You wouldn't feel kind of deflated, uh, like it wasn't that difficult. I'm just <laughs> you know, I. But <laughs> it's a lot it of is, letters. It
1: is a lot of letters, but if you put it in, I was
2: thinking, is it Italian? Yes, it's Italian. supposed to mean good encounter. Ah, oh, that's Ooh. a
1: great last
2: name. Yeah, I, think I would have named meaning. the company that. It, well, it's not really my last name.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> si, si,
2: si. Too bad. That is it's my children's last name.
0: It yeah. still counts. Yeah,
1: I
2: got that too. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: Although my maiden name is a, a, a popular surname in uh, the uh, yeah. Mexican culture. Yeah. So I was actually a little bit like, ah, oh, it's a, kind of a relief not to have people call me. I mean, my first name is Jennifer and my maiden name was is, was Carmen. But they would still call me Carmen first as if Jennifer were like, whoever has ever heard of Jennifer as a last name, but whatever. All right. You know what? (laughs) Yes. That coffee for Carmen is me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it's lovely to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us, uh, you know, jump in on the whole. How did you get into um, mindfulness, you know?
2: because I I will
1: say divorce is one of those things where you're like I just went out of this (laughs) kind of you know what I mean you're not mindful in it
2: no I don't think I was I was pretty much like (laughs) Mm. (sighs) well that's I think anybody really I mean you're bombarded right and it's stressful financially emotionally Um, so the whole mindfulness piece I guess for me it was almost like self-preservation if you will Uh, During my divorce, I started meditating a lot. Mm. And I really became present that I had a choice during the divorce, so regardless of what happened to me, I got to choose who I was going to be rather than reacting. Mm. And I actually created a vision statement for my divorce. What did I want it to look like? You know, I wanted to be loving and kind, and I wanted to have clear communication with my spouse. And even if that wasn't happening out there, I could look at um, what were my actions and were they resonating with that. Um, It's so easy to get pulled into um, putting down the other person right, or trying to justify and defend what occurs and that just hurts our children and it Mm. hurts ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I started to think I need to be aware of what I'm saying, the words I'm choosing, the actions that Mm -hmm. I'm taking and that's the whole idea of mindfulness. How old were your kids when you got divorced? Um. let's see when it was finally signed because it was kind of going on for a couple of years and we moved my daughter was 17 and my son was 14 so mm-hmm. a little bit older
0: mm-hmm.
2: a little bit you know but it doesn't really lessen it mm-hmm. in a way it's worse because they're more aware versus when my sister got divorced her children um, were very young
1: yeah that was um, my daughter was three-ish yeah three-ish was when we kind of moved out and it is it's interesting because i don't know which i don't think either one is great right no i don't um it's interesting because she wasn't really aware what happened that later on we had this kind of time where she didn't understand it and so Mm. processing it like you know seven years later and asking questions and trying so it it is interesting because on on the one hand she's three so from at that time It was kind of like there wasn't a lot of having to explain. It was just this is our new life. But then seven years later, it was very interesting that she kind of had to go through it and figure out why and try to put some context around it.
2: You know, it's interesting. Even though my children were older and there's a three-year difference between them, they definitely have a different point of view of what happened.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Because there were years leading up to it Mm -hmm. and because my daughter was older, she heard things and observed things that my son did not. Mm. And so he kind of has one point of view, she has another. Um, And actually just recently she said to me that she feels that she has a burden of carrying what's occurred and has to shield her brother from it. And that he doesn't understand everything that happened and that he should know. Mm. And I said, well... I don't think that's any of our place to tell or impose what we think our perspective is. If he has questions, he can ask.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, kind of protective. I don't know if that's always the best thing to do. Well, and But it's one of the things we do. I mm-hmm. think
1: for sure. For sure. You, you, you want to, yeah, you try to protect a vision of what somebody had as, you know, reality. Especially if it's, if by telling them your perspective, it's going to make Provide a different light. Although I don't know, I think that's hard. Her feeling like she's carrying a burden, right? That's a hard thing to carry around. So letting her release that responsibility, but
2: I don't know how we do that, right? That's her. Well, that's her. Mm-hmm, well, that's what I asked right now. I asked her. I said, "How do you think we would actually accomplish that?" And she said, "Well, I think that's something you and Daddy, you know, would need to come together and sit down and be honest about and take responsibility for your parts." Which I would agree with her. That would be the best way. However, I don't see um, my ex-spouse and myself being in a position to really be able to do that in yeah. a way that would support our children healthy in a healthy way. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's interesting. I was talking to my so I do have a, a very good relationship with my ex-husband, um, uh, and we talk a lot. And, and I mean, most of it's about uh, almost all of it is about Mar, But you know, things will come up when we talk about you know when she has questions and we talk about the past. And it is very interesting the different perspective even he and I have over. What happened and why, and how, and um, yeah. So I could understand it would be very. It, that would be a an, a unique exercise, especially if you didn't like agree on. That could really be. No, not only will that not be good, and <laughs> let us be accountable. Yeah, I, that will actually create even more of a rift. But that's what
0: I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So
0: how did you transition? Because you were in the financial industry, you're a financial mm-hmm. planner, you're a tax preparer, you're. You I were mean, in
1: technology, I saw too, weren't you, for a little bit? Yeah, which makes I Jennifer mean,
0: really excited.
1: Yeah, I do really love. It. Well, that's why I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. i so, Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's <our> world. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Uh, I, I like I recruit for, but so yeah. But oh, okay. I noticed that. I was that's interesting. I go from technology to financial planning. So yeah.
2: So I was in financial services for over twenty years, and I um, started out as a software developer. Mm-hmm. I was a project manager. I work with business clients to help them define. their goals and the things that they wanted to achieve and outline a plan to reach them. And I always loved my job because I felt like I was making a difference. And after many mergers, I didn't feel like I was making a difference anymore. Mm. And I actually had a really great job where I only work from home Mm -hmm. and I work part time and I got to raise my kids and do all those fun things like you know, go do hall duty and be the teacher's helper and be the Girl Scout leader, all that kind of stuff. But after the mergers, I really felt like I wasn't making a difference. And I started doing some soul searching and I wanted to have more of an impact in the world. Mm-hmm. So I started saying, well, who, you know, what are the things are important to me? Um, I like to connect with other people. I like to help them. I can see big picture details. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of went on this inquiry for maybe about three years. And then uh, my ex-husband was leaving J.P. Morgan, which we both worked at, mm-hmm. and we needed to get, meet with a financial planner to decide what to do with his retirement assets. This was a friend of a friend and we met with her and after we left, he said to me, oh my gosh, you could do what she does. And I was very interested in what she was talking about and he said, why don't you find out? Like, what are the educational requirements around that? And I did and the more that I thought about it, it was really a great transition for the skill set that I already had. You know, so client engagement is very Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Um, And being a certified financial planner is kind of like being a project manager. Mm -hmm. There are different pieces that you're Mm -hmm. managing, but it's just like having different tools in your toolbox. So whereas before I might have been talking about security and reports and uh, data layouts and uh, database backups and all these kinds of things in the technology world, things that my clients needed, now I'm talking to them about how much you have to save for retirement. We're still talking about their goals, their needs, the things that they have to accomplish. Mm -hmm. We're still creating a plan. You're monitoring that plan. You're putting things in place. So it just seemed like the logical next step. And so I went back to school and became a planner. And actually during that time is when I started going through my own divorce. Mm. So that was interesting. (laughs) And I started also uh, going for my CDFA, which is Certified Divorce Financial Analyst designation. Mm. But then when my own divorce started, I just said, I don't have time for this. It's so stressful. Mm -hmm. I don't need something else on my plate. Mm -hmm. So I backed away from that. And a few years later, after my divorce was final, and I moved here. Um, Working with a lot of female clients in investment management, I could really see the need, that there was a lack of confidence around money. There was a disconnect for women. Uh, There was this deferral to their spouses that they know more. And as I was working with clients, I would make a point of meeting with those women so they can one-on-one ask those questions without feeling um, stupid or dumb or unknowledgeable. Mm -hmm. And I then started thinking, wow, I was marginalized in my own divorce, and I have this financial background that I had, and look at these women, right, in investments, and they're ma- married, they're happily married, and we can all be marginalized, and how can I make a difference? And then I decided, okay, now I'm gonna go back and get my CDFA, and then I decided to switch my practice from focusing on investment management to really working with individuals and couples getting divorced.
1: Wow.
0: Wow, so. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. It's
1: huge. I mean, because it is. It's such a stressful time. It's such a stressful time, and you're making decisions in these highly emotional environments. and
0: yeah, You're um, thinking of one thing, getting divorced yeah wanting it to be over and whatever yeah. you
1: want you know whatever just to let it yeah. be over yes I'll t- you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I've often thought that like there should be a, there should be some sort of advocate or middle person that's like okay <laughs> that's not your attorney because you're you know that's the other thing I feel like attorneys can sometimes get in we that's a weird dynamic too so well, yeah
0: what are they invested for like there's something else in there too sometimes
2: yeah so Well, that that can be true yeah. I found that in my own Um, Mm -hmm. We had started out in mediation and then moved to Mm -hmm. getting attorneys and it turned the whole thing adversarial Mm -hmm. um, where we had conversations previously. I think the other thing that's important, if you decide to go that way with an attorney, they're skilled in the law, Mm. they're not skilled in finance. And so how can they feel good about dividing assets? They don't know the long or the short-term impact of what people are deciding. Right, mm. uh, They're just really crafting the settlement, but they don't know. Mm-hmm. And then clients can't have that peace of mind, so that can create more stress where they're calling their attorney. Is this the right thing to do? What should I do? What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. But- You
0: don't wanna call your attorney on that call. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be pricey. Oh, Seriously. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: now do you work with both the both husband, or I guess spouses, do you work with both sou- spouses usually? Separately
2: or together, or what does that look like? So for me, my preference is to work with the couple, because I feel that if I'm working with one person, it's more of an adversarial role where you're representing that one person's interest versus the other. So I will work with people like that, but my preference is to work with the couple because then I can take the stance of being the financial neutral. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm here to give you options and show you the pros and cons of what you might be considering, and then we can see the impact 20, 30 years into the future on your cash flow, on your net worth. Does this really work for your family? Mm -hmm. And then we're a team. Mm And and it makes me feel better about it, because I know what I went through, so I don't really want to, even though there are so many people that need an advocate, and I've done that, but my preference is to be part of a different process, Mm. you know, where we're kind of like, you know, we loved each other once, we got married, right, there were no lawyers there. So can we just like sit at the table and just be real about what the finances are? Well, and you you sometimes, you also have kids (laughs) involved. I mean, it's
0: something more than just, you know, your feelings and my feelings. Like there's a future that's actually right in front of you that you can actually destroy or build or create something that's left behind for them. Yeah,
1: Mm. and we didn't, uh, to that point, like that, that wasn't, I mean, it was a conversation, but we had to have that conversation. Like where I had to say like any of your Stocks you sell, so much percent of it has to go to Mars, you know, Mars College. And the same thing for me, right? That was like a conversation. We, we were coming up with these arbitrary, and I, w- I was in finance. It's such a touchy I a subject. Le- I'm I was smiling because I'm like, oh my god. I had gosh. at least a little bit of knowledge of like what types of, you know, investments and how to look to the future. But it was still very arbitrary as I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like, you know, yeah, it's interesting. That's a huge piece of this and for families and not to do a lot of planning around it
2: at a really critical milestone. Mm. So one of the things that I really love is that we get to actually use financial planning software. So it Mm -hmm. isn't me just saying, oh, this looks good or that looks good. We're actually gonna put all the numbers in and the system is gonna figure out the taxes and we can get really creative. If one person wants to sell a house at this point and somebody else wants to buy another property or somebody's gonna trade this for that, what's the impact now of making those little changes? And you could see it in graphs, bar charts. Yeah, you could do that. Do your clients actually sit down together
1: and do this conversation? Because I literally am trying to think like, I I would have to, it would have to have been like, okay, I'll come back and see you in 36 months. Right now we're not going to talk about this because we uh, we couldn't even be in a room together initially. So uh, uh, the idea of (laughs) me talking about buying a house would have like, I would have never been. So uh, fisticuffs.
2: Yeah, so everybody's not your client, right? And so up front, Um, Sometimes two people will come to me together and we'll do kind of like a little mini interview. You know, they're interviewing me. I'm kind of getting a feel of where they are. And there have been many people that I've turned away and just said, I don't really think I'm a good fit. I don't think we're a good fit for each other because it sounds like or you say you're amicable, but I'm hearing this and I'm hearing this and I'm hearing this in the conversation. And that's not really a space I want to play in, mm. and so I'll be happy to refer you to some other professionals that maybe could support you in what you're going through. Mm. You know, and there have been some other clients I've taken on where I've been more of the advocate. Mm. You know, so you're not meeting with the other person; you're just showing them basically um, this is what the settlement they proposed look like. Looks like you know, you might want to consider this. You might want to mm-hmm. consider that. And then uh, sometimes it might just be the two couples. So now they're gonna go back to their mediator or their attorney and show the results. Or maybe the mediator or the attorney is involved in that conversation and it's strategic for them what they're gonna do with that. But like wow. I said, I don't really like that particular role mm. because it's not looking at the family as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, you're positioning to help the other person. Now I would never do something that's unfair to the other person, but I'm still part of an adversarial process mm-hmm. that I didn't personally enjoy. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Well, that's how the other person perceives it, too. Like Sometimes they just don't want the best for the other person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. If I had one client, she said that she wanted to be amicable, but she really wanted to make the person pay. Yeah. And I said, I can't be part of that. Yeah. That's awful. And we do it. And, and it happens, yes. And that's fine. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. I don't mean it as a judgment. It's just like they are where they are, and I am where I am, and I don't really want to step into that space.
1: Yeah. That's understandable. Um, and then, so how do you then, th- how did the mindfulness piece come about as, as something that you do now? Is this, I'm assuming it's something you actually practice too, or help your clients practice a little bit.
2: Yeah, so actually, um, part of the initial phase, I have them do a pre-meeting questionnaire And in there, there are some questions around um, what are their motivations? You know, what's the vision for your divorce? There's like a couple of pages, and I ask them to fill that out and share that with me. Because I feel like it helps them get in touch where they are and -hmm. what's important to them. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between um, something we would call positioning versus kind of like your priorities or intentions. So like a position, for example, would be, um, I have to stay in the house or he owes me because we were married for 30 years, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Versus I want to know I'm going to be financially okay. I want to know our kids are going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? They're going to have peace of mind. So there's different questions I ask in there, and I ask them to to complete it. And then their reluctance to complete it <laughs> also come, helps tell me something about them and how the process might go, and other people's people enjoy it. you mm-hmm. know. So it kind of gives me some insight into them, and then there's some insight into me, because if that's a little too... Weird for them, if you will, then mm-hmm. we're not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, do you sometimes have couples where that it, it, first they felt re- there was resistance there, and then they come, you know, then then they see the benefit of it of doing that? Yeah. Or is it
2: usually like if they have any resistance, it's probably not going to be a good fit? You know, it's funny you say that because I recently had somebody. Um, I usually will say no and I'll um, decline. But I recently had somebody that came to me, and it was a referral from an attorney that, um, that I like and have a relationship with. So I took the client on even though there were red flags. So the first one was, I'm not going to fill out like the whole financial piece. You could just get that from my attorney. And ordinarily I'd be like, well, then we're not meeting. <laughs> but I said, okay, I'll just let that go. Then they didn't want to do the whole other piece. Well, that's not really necessary. And I'm thinking, well, it's necessary to my process. But I said, okay, I'll just let that go. In the end, looking back, that was a client I shouldn't have taken on mm. because they wanted to control the whole divorce instead of allowing me to do my job and the attorney to do their job. Mm-hmm. And I neglected to follow those red flags. But in, but usually I will, and I'll just you know politely say, I don't think that we're really a good fit for each other. Yeah. You know, let me introduce you to some other folks.
1: Yeah. Do you um, do mindfulness and meditation like outside of the financial advisory capacity?
2: It's funny, I actually, um, I do a workshop called What Everyone Should Know About Divorce as part of Second Saturday, which is like a national organization, and I begin my workshop with a meditation. I have a little gong that I'll hit like when we're transitioning, and at first my um, co-facilitators thought it was a little weird. (laughs) And But I said, but I think it's important, right? We bring all this baggage to the meeting, Mm -hmm. right? We're wondering, oh my gosh, what am I gonna get out of this? And I have to go pick up my daughter for soccer, and then I gotta go food shopping, and will he be home, and will he know I came, or will she know? And I feel like we just need to align ourselves, so we'll just be open to get whatever we're meant to Mm -hmm. get in that three hour period. So that is somewhere where I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do it in client meetings beyond that initial exercise that I just told you. Or when we're meeting, if I think that there's an impasse, whether it's with them together or separately, I'll say things like, I feel like there's some resistance here, right? So let's talk about that. What's coming up for you, right? Could it be a belief? Is there something from the past? Like I'll ask them things like that because I think that's important. How are we gonna negotiate and move forward unless we really identify those hindrances? Mm -hmm. So again, I think that's part of the mindfulness. It's not like an actual meditation we're doing together. But reminding them like, where are you right now? Right. Maybe I see you tapping your pen or you're rolling your eyes, you know, you're scutching in your seat.
0: <laughs> Never.
2: <laughs> Never. <laughs> I don't think we ever met together
1: during that first time. Um, um <coughs> excuse me. And so how did it help you? How did meditation did you feel that you were able to stay present in your divorce? I mean, did it did were
2: you able to hold true to the vision that you had when you were going through your experience? Oh, absolutely. Um it Actually, during the meditation, uh, it, was, it, it was very affirming that you're taking the right stance. Like, that would be the feeling I would get or the message I would receive. You know, a lot of times my kids would say different things to me, like, uh, you know, why are you doing X? Because Daddy, you know, Daddy did Y. Why don't you do that? Like, they wanted me to react. And I'm like, no, I get to choose. Mm. So the meditation would help me know that I'm more than mm. what the situation is mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay and my kids are going to be okay um, and I you know I still do it mm-hmm. I mean a lot of times I'll do it on my in my car on the way to work <laughs> you know I might have a cd that I'm listening to mm-hmm. um, or some kind of repetition but when we can quiet our mind then we could really hear the things that are important instead of reacting and just take a breath before mm-hmm. responding
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that's super important do you do that? Do you meditate?
0: I have. I actually just got back into it, which yeah. is funny. So um, one of the great things about meditation is you do get to have peace. And then once you have it, I tend to be like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. So then I stopped meditating. Yeah. So mm. yeah, I just got back into it. And it's just, it is a sense of uh, being in, in the moment versus being in all those thoughts and feelings and emotions that tend to take you out of that moment Mm
2: -hmm. I like journaling too Mm -hmm. like afterwards or adoring like the things that have come up Mm -hmm. and then looking back and I'll see themes like things that repeat um, good things and bad things and so I'll pay attention whenever it's three times or more it's like okay that came up three times what's that about
1: yeah interesting yeah that's a good way to just get it out too I think we keep so much in and that's not really what we're supposed to do we're supposed to put, you know, let it out. And I think there's some um, power in releasing that. What, and I think even verbally, I think of saying it to people. It's amazing just by saying some of your worries. Mm-hmm. It actually alleviates it a little bit because now
2: it's out. And you said it and put words to it. and It's like that whole self-expression thing,
0: <laughs> right?
2: Mm-hmm. If you could share it in a responsible way. And I think that too when a lot of times with whether it's in our marriages, something with our kids or whatever it is, If we're not sharing it, sometimes there's this um, undelivered expectation Mm -hmm. or worry or
0: whatever. Mm -hmm. And like you
2: said, you get it out and now you can all kind of address it and move on. Mm -hmm. It's not like under the covers. It's like the elephant in the room has been... Mm. (laughs) Marinating. Let Mm -hmm. out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) We're seen. (laughs) We're acknowledging the (laughs) elephant.
1: (laughs) Oh, what's that? It is in fact an elephant. (laughs) Big pink in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. It's so sad. I mean, and I, you know, when you get to the point, I think, I don't know, I can only say my experience with the divorce was that it got, we, we got so far away from that. Mm. Like communicating well and communicating in a way. So, so then you're in this place of, you know, you're having to break up this thing that was your life and you're in, in such a, in such a unproductive and kind
0: of almost um,
1: not loving to either one of you, right? Not loving to yourself or to the other person. Mm.
0: Well, one thing Michelle said, like having a vision statement in the divorce, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a brilliant thing. Mm -hmm. Like it just takes you back. It's almost like the mission statement in a business. Like whenever there's like, you know, that miscommunication, you're like, okay, what are we really doing here? Right. And coming back to that is just such a brilliant thing to do.
2: And if the couple creates that together, then that's a place where you can anchor them you can say, is this forwarding the conversation that we had about acts? I remember when we talked about the vision, let me read it to you. Remember this
0: was the vision? Right, it's like disarming everyone. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, I do a lot of work remotely, but when you're in the room with somebody, you can even write it on a right whiteboard, right, when you start. Um, and actually, I'm trained to be part of what they call collaborative divorce. And that's actually a big piece. In the first meeting, you create the vision statement with the couple, and you'll have it there visually, and you bring it to all the meetings so that you can bring them back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't we say this, right? how does this now now how does that forward this does Mm -hmm. it really Mm -hmm. a lot of times too um when you meet with couples you could have a picture of their children
0: oh that's right have
2: that on the table how how would
0: (laughs) that's so good
2: (laughs) you know (laughs) How would Christine feel about this if she was here right now? Let's let's you know, let's look at Christine, right? We love her, right? She's a child we share together. <laughs> I
1: really don't think I could have done this for the first twelve. Months. Like I'm sitting here trying to visualize because I love it. I love it's great. Like, it's, I think this is what the model should look like. Uh, but yeah, the, like you have to almost have that thought in your head before. I don't know because again, it just you're so you're so closed down by the time you get to the yeah. table. Sometimes, that oh, do you yeah.
0: have any relationships that like? No, forget it. We're just gonna stay married.
2: I haven't yet, but I'm going to be honest, I, that's one of the things I, okay, so I, I said like, what are three things I tell people I'll start with, you know, are you really certain you want to get a divorce? I ask them, what, what have you done to try to reconcile? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, I want to know. Like, you've been married for X amount of years, yeah, right? You are so invested. Everybody always thinks the grass is greener. You know, there's this whole concept of mature love that after seven years, you, you're looking at somebody, you're really going to say, do I like this person? maybe not in this moment but I still choose to love you anyway Mm -hmm. so have you done marriage encounter gone to a therapist I did something called the landmark forum that was very instrumental um, in me getting my family back after my own divorce I've shared that with people I've had two clients go to it now they didn't get back together the two women in the couple went um, and one woman stayed involved in the work for a while but I say, do it for you. Mm-hmm. Like, is this really what you want? Have you exhausted all means? Maybe you should go back and talk to your spouse. Like, we, we're going to have this consultation, but maybe there's more work for you guys to do. You don't want to look back and go, oh, we didn't try everything. Oh so I'm really like an advocate for families you know I mean honestly even with my husband and I we were married 15 years and I knew early on that we were going to get divorced we kinda had this agreement that we'd stay married until my son um, graduated high school if he still wanted to work it out I would have tried he's the one that wanted the divorce Mm. I would have and it wasn't like um, because I wanted to be like a martyr but again, we were together. For f- we were married for 15 years. We were together. Mm. We knew each other longer. Our families were intertwined.
0: That's um, a lot
2: of work to yeah, get to that point. Is it going to be any better like, with I'm somebody done. else? Yeah, you're going to have to go through it all over. No. And It was like a telltale moment. We were at this... Um, It was a weekend where we were away with other families, and one of our friends was sharing, um, like, at the fire pit, that she was mad at her husband. She was like, oh, he's such a jerk. You know, she went on and on. Now, this particular couple was a friend of my husband's. Like, he knew them since high school. He was devastated by what she said. He was like, oh, my God, how could you talk about him like that? Oh, my God. Like, he thought they were getting a divorce, and she said, What? getting a divorce just because I said that about him. He feels that way about me sometimes too. And then we'll be fine. But for me, it was really telling about my ex-husband about how he looked at relationships. Mm. Like he thought they should be perfect all the time. Yeah. Mm. And it's like that's not how it goes. Even with our kids, with our friends, our parents. Seriously.
1: I think that too. I think we have these massive things we enter into and no concept, no clue. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh like no and like you know asking for help or support shows a weakness and yeah. you know how men are socialized and women are socialized and then uh, now let's add a kid or a child or two and a puppy. or I mean <laughs> honestly so it's true n- it's it's we really do we put all this stuff on ourselves anyway but and again which would be great too mindfulness if we all had mindfulness so early like that would it helps with so much stuff that keep you know bringing yourself back to
0: what is. Well, why'd you do it in the first place? It's funny, like, I remember one, like, holiday, my, my, my dad was so great. He's like, alright, if you're gonna bring another guy here, you gotta really realize, I get heartbroken too when you break up. Oh. That yeah. was, like, the first time I'm like, wow, other people are affected. Mm. And the responsibility you have of creating relationships and families. Yeah. So, it's, it's one of those things, when you walk into something, know that you're not the only one.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. True. And that you're gonna create people that <laughs> you're you bringing people into it like that's i used to think that too like i mean the guilt around you know here we we brought this beautiful little spirit into the world and then
0: you oh, know now you brought guilt into it that's a whole other <laughs> but i'm just saying that just, like that you know if you talk about you know people
1: are affected by it you know to the point of staying you know people staying together not because they're happy but because they want to create a certain uh Life or vision for the children, and what you know that whole that whole noise. Like, how does that actually play out? But
2: well, for me, it's at, it's funny how things just happen, right? Like, it, I guess it really wasn't meant to be. So, at certain point, he expresses that he doesn't want to be married any longer, and now all this stuff starts happening. So, right before that, he became diagnosed with diabetes, mm-hmm. but he was not take care of himself. So now it's like diabetes, cholesterol, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I had Lyme's disease. Um where I got diagnosed around that time. I had all these like weird symptoms. So now I have severe joint pain all the time. My daughter's having anxiety in high school my son develops acid reflux. So it was like everybody was breaking down physically from like what was going on and what was not being talked about. The big elephant in the room, like Mm -hmm. oh, there was an announcement that someone wants a divorce and now we're not doing anything, we're just pretending that that never was said. Mm -hmm. And it's just manifesting physically in everybody in the house. And then finally, I had to ask for a divorce, even though he's the one that asked for it a couple years before, I had to say like what are we doing? Can we just talk about this? Are we gonna like work on this or are we not? Because You're sick, I'm sick, they're sick. We can't continue like this. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? Well, I wanted to just have a conversation. The reaction was, I've been voted off the island. Mm. And I said, nobody voted you off anything. Like, we just want to have a family conversation. So he felt isolated. Well, yes, he did. After he made this announcement two Mm -hmm. years before, and then actually my children came to me and were like, Mom, we kind of can't go on like this. You know, mm-hmm. what, like, are you guys getting divorced or not? Can we all just talk about this? And so, um, then he felt he wouldn't even have the conversation for the four of us to sit down and talk about how it was affecting each of us and how, like what we were going to choose to do. Mm-hmm. It became more like, okay, I was voted off the island. You're doing this to me, and it's like, no, we're not doing anything. We're trying to say, let's come to resolution. Let's make a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be, let's, we're, we're all going to therapy, right? <laughs> we're working on it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But um he was just done at that point. Yeah. So in a way it almost kinda gave him the out now because he already announced that he wanted the divorce two years before and so okay. now he could say, Okay, I'm done, you guys voted me off the island. Right.
0: Hmm. Get, That's give a, give a terrible way to live.
1: I know. That's hmm. yeah, tough. And I think too, like I you know, listening to it it's um, our expectations of family, what does that look like? Like there's you know, there are things that I mean I look at it now and I think it's not it's not my you know when I got married it wasn't like my ideal was you know 15 years from now we'll live in separate houses and our daughter will go back and forth Mm -hmm. but on the other hand it's kind of like you know I've come to that that place of um, it's okay everybody's family is a little different Mm -hmm. and you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look one way or the other to be a a loving environment or a healthy environment and that if you keep your focus on that right and for Mara um for my daughter especially although i think it's good for us too i, I would hate to be carrying around like that was hard that those that t- when it was so angry when we were so angry and um mean like that was really really hard so i think for everybody i think if you can get to a place where it's like well this is our what our family is it's not about being voted off the island it's this is our family and we're gonna figure out what makes sense for all of us and maybe it's not perfection but it's something but yeah. you have to all be in that space. That's what I think is hard, and that's what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. When you have, like, for you, like, you're in this good space of mindfulness, and then you have an ex-husband who's actively not. <laughs> like, how do you react? You know, how do you kind of work around that? You just you don't. You don't. You don't react. You continue to make your decisions the well, way. Well, and you sometimes need
2: to I fall them. back, right? And then I I get into the why, and I think why is so bad. I mean, it just keeps us sp- stuck in the past, right? Spinning our wheels instead of what's next. Um, so, mm-hmm. like anybody else, right? I fall back into that. And then when I, whether it's a reminder from one of my children or I just really get in touch with, oh, I don't like the way I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. This icky, what's that about? Oh, well, that's because I'm allowing myself to uh, react to what happened internally mm-hmm. rather than saying, I could just let this go. It just is what it is. You know, he, she, whomever's just doing what they do. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it just, like I said, it kind of just helped me keep my sanity, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of stuff that happened during my divorce that was not nice, Mm -hmm. was not expected um, at all. And so it just kind of kept me together. Mm -hmm. Uh, My partner that I used to work with, finally at the end, I broke down one day, but that was right before it was over. And he said, oh my gosh, you've been so good for like a year and a half. And I would wonder every day, how are you keeping it together? And you would come in like happy and and he's like, and it wasn't until um, we got to the point with my attorney that he basically said to me, "If I were you, I would just um, give up custody of your children, pretend that they, you've never had them, and maybe someday they will come back to you." What? And I was like, "What the heck? Your attorney: said Yes. That? Or give him 40,000 dollars in cash, and he will fight for custody. And that's when I finally broke down and I went to work hysterical crying. Mm. And my partner was like, what is going on? And I told him and he's like, you have to get another attorney. And yeah. I'm like, I know I do. How do, you, how do you, who tells you something like that? Just, you know, he was like, that's look, what his just, life was like. Well, yeah, he was like, you know what? This is the best thing. Just mm-hmm. just let them go. They've been brainwashed. They hate you. I've seen this before. Just walk away and, and they'll come to their senses someday or not. And you'll just know you did whatever you could do. You know, you mm. can't keep torturing yourself like this. So I guess from his point of view, he thought that was great advice. And internally, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't work with this person. He totally doesn't get at all yeah. what's going on or what's important. Oh,
1: so maddening. Oh, it's so hard. So hard. Vicky. Just yucky. The things we do to each other. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. So your kids are now how old? Uh, your children. T- 23
2: and 20. Okay. and so And you do have a relationship with them. Did you end up... It was it was hard in the beginning. Um, actually, in order to get my divorce finally signed, I had to give up custody of my son to my ex-husband. Uh. So my daughter had medical issues going on and we had to move across the country very suddenly. And so he um, kind of used that as a bargaining chip and said, okay, if you want permission to leave wow. with our daughter, then you have to leave our son. Wow. And so the plan in, in was for way, them to all come with me. I can see me. that,
0: because if something were to happen legally, that would have been something to have to deal with. And I'm just saying. They're, well, they're, c- I'm just looking at his point of view, possibly. Okay.
2: Well, Full he, well,
1: custody would still allow him to make, no, that's a control issue. but possibly. Well, they were both you you supposed to, to come th- with me. They were living both with do.
2: me all <coughs> at that time. Yeah. And I already had full yeah. custody of them. But he wouldn't sign off on the divorce and end the drama unless I gave one child to him. Wow.
0: Gosh, that's awesome. That it's just so like looking at it now, it's like, wow, that really happened. I
2: know, and to
1: say it out loud, like uh-huh. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean for him like I'm thinking for him, like what a, what a, what an interesting But it is, you're just in that moment. You're in the moment and you, you're mad and you're emotional and you cannot step outside of it and see what you're doing. And you people just, say things. Yeah, and do things. Um, So
2: that's where the meditation was like you know, here I am, um, I'm Italian, and so my belief around being a mother, right, I'm supposed to be home, I'm supposed to be raising my children, and I'm juggling a career, and I'm doing that. They don't live with the father. Like, they should be with me. What do you mean Mm. I'm gonna give up my son? What kind of mother would I be? Mm -hmm. And then to really come to the point and say, okay, so what's at stake here? Mm -hmm. There's one child's health and a potential situation where they could die, Mm -hmm. or leaving a child with the parent that you feel is less capable, So, less capable, meaning um, I was the disciplinarian. So, you know, I expected that homework was done. I would meet with the guidance counselors. People did sports. Like, there was accountability in their lives. And my husband didn't operate like that. So, okay, so what would happen to my son? Okay, maybe his grades would go down. Maybe he'd drop out of sports. I didn't have to be worried that he was going to die. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But in the case of my daughter, Mm -hmm. there was a medical thing going on here. Mm -hmm. So, there really was no choice, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so that's, and and that's where the clarity came, like in the meditation. Mm -hmm. Like it's gonna be okay. okay. I just trust, you know, God has planned things unfold. I'm doing the best I can in this moment with what I have. Mm -hmm. My kids will get it, they'll understand. Um, And at first not, because my son um, believed that I chose his sister over him. Mm -hmm. That's what he was told. That it wasn't really true, that I just wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the forum really helped us come back together
1: do you ever have children participate in the financial planning
2: aspect of when, when with, with your clients no okay. no um, and and in general I really like to deal with clients that are older and so if we, we just even thought like who an ideal client would be So, first of all, think of the name, being mindful in divorce, right? So, there's going to have to be a certain level of maturity there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the 35 year olds with like two, four, six, and eight year olds, right, that are going to probably want to work with me. Somebody is going to feel like they want to hurt the other person. I'm devastated. I have these young children. I'm taking on the burden. So, typically, my clients are older. Mm -hmm. They've usually worked with a financial planner, so they value that we've built a life together and this divorce could financially devastate us. Mm-hmm. So how are we gonna really make this work for both of us? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, most of them, their children are out of the house. Mm-hmm. They don't even have young children. And in general, I prefer not to work with people with younger children because then there's the whole parenting plan mm-hmm. and all that other that, to me, gets in the way of then the financial conversation mm-hmm. and there's more drama. And again, I don't wanna be involved in the drama. I already lived it myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. interesting stuff man (laughs) you mentioned a couple of different
0: (laughs) resolutions and models Mm -hmm. and um what can be used or what are some options when people are okay even in this conversation
2: Mm. and that's a big part of my conversation with clients initially too is educating them on those to make sure that they understand um there's the traditional right we're both going to get an attorney I think there's four basics, and then there's lots of hybrids that come into place. So we each have an attorney. That's like the main one. Then maybe we go to a mediator, Mm -hmm. and a mediator is a neutral that doesn't represent either party, and they're really not advising you. They're just facilitating the conversation. Mm -hmm. So you don't really know is it the best deal or not. They're just trying to keep the conversation moving so you could just knock these items off one at a time. And here in Arizona, there are no requirements around mediation, so it's not like you have to go through a program and be certified. Mm. Okay? Interesting. Or any kind of CE credits, right? So like as a certified financial planner, I have to have 35 CEs every two years. I have to do another 15 as a CDFA. There's nothing like that. I mean, you should be doing that. Mm-hmm. But there's no real um, something that you can say, I went through this process and you know, I belong to this certain board, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is you can do something called collaborative divorce.
0: Which, you mentioned that earlier. I thought that was awesome.
2: Which has mm-hmm. been around for a while. Um, I, don't, I think it's just kind of starting to take hold here. It's from my understanding more popular like in Northern California and Oregon and like up there and then in the East Coast a bit. And I think part of the reason is people look at it or when they hear it, they first hear more money. Um, for me personally, like I think if my process had gone through collaborative, it probably would have been less expensive for both of us. So you each have an attorney, but the big difference is there's a team and everybody on the team has to sign what they call a participation agreement. So you each have an attorney, so you feel like you're being represented from the legal point of view, right? So you're getting your own advice there. Um, You have a financial person who's part of the team and then you have um, uh, the communication specialist which can be like a psychologist or a social worker or somebody who's like, you know, that's what their specialty is. And you all sign the participation agreement and basically what you're saying is, we're working as a team to bring this to fruition. And there'll be full disclosure and there'll be trust and nobody's gonna try to block the process. And if this falls apart or one of the parties seek litigation, the whole whole plan dissipates. Everybody has to be disbanded, recuse themselves from the case and you can't work with them going forward. So there's a vested interest that you want this to work, right? You don't wanna go through all this work with this team and now you can't even use that same attorney that knows about your case and has all those documents. You have to start over with somebody else. Hmm. So a lot of times people look at it and they go, well that's so expensive, there's all these people. But everybody has a part they play. Everybody's not involved in all of it. So in the beginning, we're all gonna come together as a team, sign the agreement, go through it, make sure that the um, the two parties understand it. They understand everybody's role. We'll create the vision statement. And then there's going to be some next steps, things that have to happen. So the next step could be the attorneys are going to turn those clients over to the financial person. And the financial person is going to let them know, what are the documents I need? And we're going to start brainstorming on uh, potential settlement options at that point. When we're done, we're going to give that back to the team. Our piece is done. Now, if there's Uh, some resistance along the way. Might refer them now to the communication specialist. So now they're not meeting with me anymore. The team knows what's going on and the communication person is stepping in and now figuring out what's that impasse about. Why can't we get past this, right? And then they might pass them back and then we complete what we're doing. Or maybe there's a parenting plan. So now they're working with the communication specialist on that. They're not sitting with the attorneys when they're doing that. communication person works out the plan all of that and then they they hand their piece back but the team is always communicating with each other so that everybody is supporting the couple there's not like the attorney is going oh yeah well we're not gonna give them that they don't need to know that and by having your only attorney too like you could be in this conversation and maybe I'm being really difficult and at least say you're my attorney and you might say stop that you know, we're, we're negotiating, you're holding this up, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so you'll hold me accountable to the fact that I signed that agreement and that's how the process is supposed to work. And a lot of times the other attorney will contribute to the opposite client. Did you think about this? Or maybe this is something that we should think about. So it really is, I think it's awesome
0: yeah a team how approach. Long, how long does that usually take on is that like a year process is that it could be I mean be, that looks like it's something
2: I want to say it could be the shortest three months depending on how agreeable the people are because you don't have what usually happens. So what usually happens is one side asks the other side for disclosure. They ask you for disclosure. Now you say, give it to me in 30 days. Pieces are handed back and forth, it's 60 days, it's 90 days, you're still writing letters, you know, and now you're looking at a year and a half later and you still don't even have full disclosure on what you're dealing with.
0: Wow, it really makes me think of prenups. Mm. Doesn't it? Like when you're actually happy, create what the (laughs) exit strategy will be.
2: I don't think that's a bad thing.
0: I, I don't seriously know. <laughs> like when a lot of this is y- you go in with such grandiose <clears throat> ideas, and then when it goes wrong,
2: well, I think that's one of know. the big things. There's no financial training right when you get married. You could drive a car, but there's like a yeah. test you have to take, right? A written, a driving. There's no Sellers like financial. Just, yeah. Let's talk about things before we get married. What happens if this comes up? What happens if that comes up? Because people have different money mindsets. Yep,
0: it's such a different world, right? Yeah, now. I
2: mean.
1: I, I mean, I do, I like this approach. I think that's a great, if you can get there, that's a great approach. Um, and yeah, I think prenups, I never thought about prenups, but it is interesting. Yeah, you don't really put a plan together and you don't think about it. And you know, you don't think about it because you don't want to like plan the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: There's always an end. Yeah. Somehow there's I mean, going to well, be, be an end. Probably <laughs> if, you, if you
1: talk about it, maybe not even in the sense of the end, but just to, you know, putting a vision for your marriage in place. Like yeah. you don't really do that just get married, you just yeah. get married. Yeah, And then you just have kids, and you, <laughs> you figure just it out. houses. And you, just, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. without mm. any, kind of, any kind of training whatsoever. So that is an interesting thought, you know, that idea. And I, yeah, I can see the project manager and you loving the collaborative <laughs> divorce. Like, we're gonna have our pieces and our roles, I've got a Gantt chart here, I've got the resources put out, so. Mm. But mm. I think that does make a lot of sense around, I like the idea of it not being, some, the adversarial piece happens so easily and it's so bad for everybody except the attorneys.
2: Yeah. And the prenup piece I and think maybe even for some
1: attorneys they probably don't like it either but yeah
2: it just, it, I would think so right? hourly
1: billing probably.
2: Mm. Goes oh up. yeah. But
1: anyway. <laughs>
0: well and I think for some I mean why become an attorney in this field? Like I think there's that piece of it like the one attorney you mentioned I'm not sure what his intention was but when you're really going into family law like this like this is this is real like this are people's lives that Mm. you know really are impacting Mm. the world Mm -hmm. and if we can't get this right you know where are we going to end up
1: yeah and I don't remember like um, I think I had two two or three attorneys yeah so that was one thing was I started with one attorney who then stopped practicing and she referred me to somebody and that was a train wreck and Mm. then we had to go Mm. back and I got another attorney and I never thought to you know I never really thought to sit down and like say like Tell me about what you're, why do you do this? You know, because mm. I don't know. I'm sure some of them get into it because they very much want to help people navigate what is an incredibly difficult time. And I'm sure some people get into it for other reasons. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, too, that, I mean, you know, going back into that mindfulness or that thoughtful, it's like you're just so in the moment. You All you just want to do is be out of it. Yeah. And it's such, it's so.
2: Even asking the attorney, um, a lot of them are trained as mediators, right? Yeah. So if you're, like, what else do you do? Do you believe in alternate? you know resolution models. Yeah. If, if you're working with an attorney and they're also trained as a mediator in family law that tells you something about their commitment. Totally. Right, and, and how they want it to be different, and they're open, and so they're probably going to approach the whole thing from a totally different point of view. They're gonna come from the point of view, how can we work together yeah. versus how can I get the best thing from my, they're looking for more of a win-win versus a win-lose mentality. Right. Um, the other thing too, are they collaboratively trained? So this is like a big word that's all over the internet now, like so many family law practices are putting this, oh, we work collaboratively, right? Because there's this whole part of the law called collaborative divorce. But just because you want to work together doesn't mean you're collaboratively trained. And so people see that and they go, oh, okay, great. Versus asking, have you actually gotten the training? And then going to the website to go check it. Yeah. Do, do they really have this designation? Or it's not even a designation, it's more like a training. Are they? You know, mm-hmm. Can they actually practice this? Because that makes a difference on the kind of person they are. Mm-hmm. Do most of their cases go to litigation? These would be the kind of questions you
0: want to ask. Yeah. Those so are good interesting. questions. I'm like, oh, any others? I know, I must know. Say. There is um, three things you tell people when they come to see you. And I know we're almost out of time, which, like, this oh, subject's really amazing. Like, yeah. we may have to come back and just have a relationship conversation. <laughs> but what are three things that um, you tell people when they come to see you?
2: So the first one we already talked about, um, you know, that you're clear that this is what you want, right? You want to know that, like, You know, you really know this is what you want. Um, The next piece is, you know, you have to get educated and you need to understand what's available to you. So we already talked about that. So, you know, how much do you know about the family finances? Have you given any thought to what your life will look like after divorce? Like what will be your financial situation, your budget? might impact your decision. I'm so, I am,
1: I'm having to take deep breaths. I'm like, I'm like back in that whole thought process. Isn't that funny? I'm like, I didn't
2: think of any of this.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. You know, I'm just.
0: She's meditating.
2: I'm,
1: I'm I'm over here breathing into a paper bag. It's all good,
2: it's all good. You know, do you have access to the financials? And then I'll give them a list. These are the things you need copies of. If you don't have this, start getting copies of this stuff now, right? Because you might decide not to go forward for a year, two years start to get your plan in place if this is what you really want Um, and then understand the the different models right we can have an attorney we can do it yourself we can go to a mediator we can do collaborative divorce. And then a financial person can be layered into any of these. They could be the expert that works with one attorney as the advocate. Mm-hmm. They could be the expert that that couple hires together that is gonna look at the settlement that that couple came together with mm. with their attorneys or that they created at their kitchen table mm-hmm. or that they created with their mediator. Or like some people are mature enough, I could be the financial mediator and I'm the only person. They take what we have and now they go to an attorney to write it up.
0: Alright, we're gonna have to do yeah. a part two to this because yeah. this is just too good. So. so will you come back?
2: Oh we'd love to come back. Yeah,
0: because we that's we're great. just not done.
1: I know. There's just so too much. much. There's so much uh, good stories and good information.
0: Well Things happy special. holidays since we're going into December soon. Yes. And um,
2: Yeah, something.
0: think twice before you divorce.
2: <laughs> I think, well, think twice before you get married. Or, yeah, that's oh, that's it. I was gonna say or, no. and
1: be mindful. All right, we gotta go. All All right. Right. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.